Well, as I said, in all seriousness, freedom from our past is such a, uh, a powerful topic. And I know that our three speakers tonight are just really going to help us to find freedom from things that Jesus wants us to get freedom from. And our first speaker tonight, I'm very excited, is Alex Fitch. She is such a powerful woman of God. She has a great heart for people, a heart for freedom. Will we stand and let's shout and let's welcome Alex. friends. You can take your seat. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, band. Oh my gosh, I realized during worship that I'm older than like two of you. Like there's only two of you that I'm not older than. So you guys are awesome. You guys can get off stage. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for the band. They're so incredible. Enjoy your youth. So good. <laughs> um, I just love to start off tonight by honoring someone who's very special to me, and her name is actually Teresa Delamere. She's one of our executive team members here at church, and I've known Teresa since I first started coming to church when we did the Brecky Club back before it was growth track number one, and Teresa's been with me every single step of the way through the highs and through the lows, um, and she was actually the, f the person who first gave me my first prophecy, and I can't tell you how much you mean to me, Teresa. I'm so inspired by you constantly. You're amazing. I love you. She's the best. Oh my gosh. Finding freedom from your past. Wow, that's an awesome topic. Something that I have really, really worked on through my journey, um, eight years now of being a Christian, but um, I'm going to do something I've never done before and show a photo of myself, not just yet, but show a photo of myself from when I was 14 years old. Get ready for it. It's pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> but I really just want to set a picture of what I was like so I can show you how I went on my journey. So if we can get the picture up, this is from 2007. I was... <laughs> I know. Wow. I look pretty good. That's my garage, by the way, where I had lots of photo shoots. But this was me. I was almost 14 years old in this picture. Um, now I understand and realize what my teachers meant when they said they wanted me to tone down my hair um, for school. <laughs> um, but you know what? In this picture in my life, I had already gone through so much. By this point, I was partying regularly, I was drinking, I was smoking, I was self-harming, I was doing a whole lot of dangerous things. Um, and in the years to come after this, it was just more drinking, more drugs, sex, you know, I was just a wrecking ball of hatred. So that's pretty awesome. I do not miss that part in my life. But, you know, on the exterior, I was a stone cold wall, nothing affected me. Um, you couldn't, um, you know, nothing could get to me. I wouldn't let anyone come near me. I didn't care who I hurt in the process of having fun and doing what I wanted. But on the inside, I was very different. On the inside, I was a thin glass bowl ready to explode at any moment. Everything affected me. I used my poor choices to try and impress people. I hurt my family and the people closest to me to try and deal with what I was going through. I craved acceptance, I craved hope, but most of all, I craved love. I was desperate to try and find anything to numb the excruciating pain that I felt of just being me on a daily basis. But you guys can take down the photo, that's great, thank you. <laughs> Get it away. <laughs> but you know what, I'm so thankful that God had another plan for me. 
I'm so thankful that there is another way of life for me, that there is another way of life for you in this place. If you're in a place that you're hurting right now, I know that God has a good plan for you. He has a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. It doesn't have to stay the same. You know, in 2011, I came into this church and I encountered the thing that I'd been wanting for, the thing that I most desired. I encountered Jesus. I encountered love in its truest form. I found acceptance. I found hope in this place. And at Easter service eight years ago, I put up my hand and I invited Jesus into my life. My life has been infinitely better and I'm never going back to the way I was. I'm so thankful for Jesus in this house. But you know, Jesus, this was the beginning of my journey, like Dan said before. Inviting Jesus into your life is the beginning of that freedom journey for you. And I love that Jesus is often referred to as our redeemer. The word redeem means to regain or, uh, gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all of our sin and all of our shame and nailed it to that cross. He is the payment that helps us repossess what was missing in our lives. He is the redeemer of our freedom. Jesus can and does release us from the things that are holding us back, the past that's trying to keep us down. But you know, stepping out of your freedom is a journey and I'd like to take you along a little bit on my journey that I went through. Um, at the beginning of my journey, I remember I had a, um, during my quiet time with God, it was, was when I was praying and reading my Bible in my room and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed by all the things that I had going on. I remember feeling so weighed down by all of the stuff that I had and I just didn't know how to get rid of it and I asked God, how in the world do I do this? And I felt God prompt me to read a scripture. And it's actually in James verse five, uh, James five verse sixteen in the Amplified version. If we can get that up, um, so it says, "Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offences, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. That heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or believer can accomplish much. But when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power." In that moment, I felt God give me one step to do, not 20 steps to freedom, not pray 10 Our Fathers, 20 Hail Marys or whatever. I felt him give me one step, which for me was so amazing, you know, and that was to confess my sins to someone else. You know, naturally, I'm not the biggest feeling sharer. I don't really like to, you know, I'm an open book, but I don't like to share my feelings. I'm not super vulnerable all the time. I'm growing. I'm growing in it. <laughs> but, you know, the idea of sharing with someone what I was most ashamed of scared me. But can I tell you, there is so much power in confession. There is so much freedom found into releasing something that you're holding on to and having someone pray with you and stand with you to be healed of that. The first moment I ever did this was actually at our encounter day that we had, which back then it was called Day of Freedom. Um, and I remember sitting in a seat and there was an altar call for sexual sin and I felt God prompt me to go up and get prayer for that. But I, I almost didn't go because I was so afraid of what people would think about me. I was so afraid and I didn't want to let the shame come out. You know, the fruit of sin is shame, condemnation and guilt. It tries to keep us silent and it tries to keep our mouth shut. Sin lies to us and tries to tell us that we need to keep it to ourselves, that it's always going to be this way, that if we tell anyone that we're going to be judged, sin tells us that we're too wrecked to be ever be fixed. Shame keeps you silent, but perfect love, which is Jesus, gives you a voice. 
After Encounter Day, I realized that I needed to keep voicing different areas of my life that I needed freedom in. I needed to find someone that I could confess all of my sins to, to get someone to pray along with me. In the very beginning, God said it's not good for man to, do, to be alone. God never designed us to do this life by ourselves. So if you're here tonight and if you're believing for freedom in something, I just want to encourage you, step out, speak to your connect group leader, speak to a group leader, speak to someone in leadership here and be honest and be vulnerable with them and say, hey, I've got some stuff going on because you know what? We've all got stuff. We've all got stuff that we're believing for, for God to set us free from. There is no shame in condemnation in Christ Jesus. You know, invite them out for a coffee. Just say, hey, let's chat. Make a decision to be open and honest with them because you're only going to get out what you put in. And sure, it could be intimidating at the start. It could be embarrassing. But can I tell you from personal experience, the embarrassment you may feel in that moment is nothing compared to the shame and guilt that's going to be weighing you down and keeping you from your future that God has for you. And in James 5, the end of it says that our prayer can accomplish much, that it has tremendous power. Don't believe the lie that speaking to someone and praying with them is going to do nothing. It's going to do everything. I can guarantee you that. It's doing more than you know. God doesn't want us to um, to live bound by shame, but he wants us to live an abundant life. Thank you. So good. Come on. Let's give it up for Alex. Wow. Thank you so much. Man, it takes courage to be vulnerable and share her story like that. But I know that that spoke to so many people and that was just beautifully put. And can I just encourage everyone, uh, Alex spoke about uh, an encounter day. And if you've never been to an encounter day, no matter where you are on your journey, I would so encourage you, take that step of boldness and go. And we actually have one, not this next Saturday, but the one after the 20th of July. And if you're interested in it, just go to the service desk and say, hey, can I do encounter day? And it is a powerful day where we get freedom and prayer and get to talk to people as Alex shared. So I would encourage you to do that. Let's give it up for Alex again. Thank you so much. Woo! Well, right now we're going to hear from our next speaker and his name is Jai. And let me tell you a bit about Jai. He's amazing. He uh, leads our youth band, as I shared before, this wonderful team of young people who uh, lead our youth in worship, but also here on Sunday nights. And he is a phenomenal leader. I love how um, much he's just lent into God. And if you talk to him, you'll find very quickly his heart is 100% uh, all in for Jesus and his life is evidence of that. And he's coming to Melbourne East. Start to be our music guy there. Why don't you welcome up Jai? And he's gonna stand to our feet. Let's go. Hey, thanks so much, bro. Thank you. Cool, thanks so much, everyone. Hey, you can take a seat, that's awesome. Cool, so good. I'm so excited to be up here and speak to you guys. Uh, they mainly just put me behind the, the curtains and stuff, so I never get to say more than 30 words at a time. So it's really exciting. Um, but before I start, I just wanna honor, of course, Dan and Ebony, like you guys are amazing and and you truly inspire me and from the bottom of my heart, I'm just so excited to come to Melbourne with you and just pursue everything that God has for us and for the church and I love you guys, so yeah, you guys are awesome. Hey, so just a bit about me before I get started, like as Dan might have said, I've been coming for over nearly three years now and for two of those years I've been an intern here and like like he did say, I really have just lent into uh, what this church has to offer me and I'm so glad I have, but Uh, Part of my key responsibilities here is to lead the youth band, and I just want to give a shout out to them, because they are awesome. 
and they're so full of faith, and I'm so proud of you guys. You make me so happy and full of joy. And um, I just want to give you a bit of my testimony before I get started. And, and so basically, uh, I was into the new age for a long time, for, well, for a long time for me. I'm not that old, but it was about three years. And, uh, and so it's basically like a new age kind of hippie guy. I used to live in my van, and it sounds really cool and fun, but it's actually really boring and lonely and purposeless. Um, but I used to live in my van, and I used to just travel up and down the coast and play music gigs, and I thought it was really cool. And, but really what I was searching for was, was purpose, and I didn't actually find that. And for most of my adult life, I was addicted to drugs. I was addicted to drugs for about five years and completely destroyed my life um, many times. But, but a funny story about that, uh, if, you, <laughs> if you know Tash Sultana, she's a um, famous uh, pop, pop singer, pop uh, guitarist. She plays all around the world. Anyway, one time I got so high uh, that I was watching a TED talk and, uh, of Tash Sultana, and I actually thought, and I was 100% certain, I thought that she was my soulmate. <laughs> and so I text my mom, and I was like, Mom, I found my soulmate. Like, I'm not joking you, I found my soulmate. And mom didn't reply to my text message. And, um, and then I went on three months believing that she was my soulmate. And then, uh, and then I found out she was gay. So, you know, dream destroyed. But drugs, that's the point I realized that drugs are not good for your um, sense of reality. But uh, drugs really did destroy my life. And, and one day I remember uh, we were getting high and getting drunk uh, at this party. And a friend of mine said, do you want to come to Powerhouse Conference with me? And I said, oh, okay, cool. He, like he said, it was a church. And I was like, that, that sounds cool. Like, why not? I'm open-minded. I'm a hippie. Like, you know. And so I went to Powerhouse Conference, and I remember walking in, and I just remember getting triggered by everything. Like, the music that was playing, I didn't like, which is ironic because now I love it and I'm leading it. Um, and I was, like, nervous. I was scared. I felt fear. I was shaking. I was trembling. I was sweating. Um, and I just remember my whole body reacting. But you know what? I sat through it the whole time. I said, I'm not leaving. I'm going to sit through this, and I'm going to make myself pursue whatever this is, because I knew something was there. And it was at that conference, I remember sitting in the service, I don't remember anything that they said, I don't remember anything that they were talking about, I don't remember any songs that were playing, I just remember having this moment of, I think Jesus is God. It was like a penny drop moment, and in my heart, I, I, I knew he was God, I couldn't explain it, and I, my, logically I couldn't figure it out, but I knew in my heart that he was God. And, you know, in that moment, or over that time, extreme freedom and healing came to me through that conference. I remember every time I would leave the conference, I'd have these bags under my eyes, I'd be exhausted. But I knew because something was lifting from me. It was like I was in a battle during that moment and I was winning that battle. Because that's what we do when we sit here. Sometimes we can sit here and it's all good, but other times it's a battle just to sit still. Sometimes you just don't want to be here. Like there are plenty of times like that for me, but I kept showing up. And after that conference, I was living light. I was living free. I, I was living like, I knew who God was, and it was an amazing feeling. And during that conference, I had this revelation, and it comes out of this scripture of Psalm 52, 8, and it reads, but I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I love the word flourishing. Two other versions say thriving and growing. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. And when I read that, it was like, you know, I want to flourish. I want my life to start flourishing. I want it to start moving forward. I knew there was a ceiling on my life, and it was why I wasn't progressing forward in my life anymore, like financially, with relationships, with, with health, just with mindset. I wasn't progressing forward, and it's because I needed divine action. I needed supernatural intervention in my life. 
And like, and, and so what I did that, after that conference, I made a commitment in my heart, and the commitment was this, that I will commit myself to the house of the Lord, that I will come to every Sunday, that I will pour myself into the church, and I will pursue the freedom that God had for me, because I knew he had it for me. I couldn't explain it, you see. I, I couldn't explain the freedom that he had, but I knew it was there. And so I wanted to flourish, like the scripture said. I wanted more healing. I wanted more time to soak in God's love. I, I, I wanted to live the life that God had for me. I wanted to break through that ceiling. So here's what I did, and this is what I encourage anyone else to do. And, you know, this is extreme because I'm one of those people that just goes for it. So, like, for the last two and a half years, I've been at every service, three services a day on Sundays. I've committed myself to that. Unless I've been sick or on holiday, I've, I've been here. I've showed up. Even when I didn't feel like showing up, I was here. Even when I had a headache, even when I felt sick, even when I was anxious, even when I was nervous, even when no one would come with me or sit next to me. I actually remember sitting over there, and I was sitting by myself, and Pastor Josh, like, for some reason, no one sat next to me in the whole row. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I was like, do I smell? And like, for some reason, no one sat next to me, and I had to start having a panic attack. I was freaking out, and then Pastor Josh walks over, he's like, come on, buddy, come sit next to me. Yeah. I, was so, I was so embarrassed. Um, so glad you did that. I was so scared. Um, but it was really cool. And you know, so what, I, what else I did? I responded to every altar call when I was up here. It was like prayer for healing. I was the first one up. Prayer for like sexual sin. I was the first one up. Prayer for freedom from drugs. I was the first one up. Like I didn't care. I just wanted to get free. I responded to every altar call. I did like I did Alpha, I did Growth Tracks, I did Encounter Day, I did like healing courses. Like you can name a course here, I've done it. Like I just pursued it. I took, like I brought a notepad or I brought my phone, I took notes every time. And then on Monday, I applied what I learned from those notes. Like I didn't hold back. I hung out after the service. I didn't just like come to church, hang out for like a second in the service and then bail after. Like I hung out to the end of the night and I met people. And I met people like, you know, like Dan, Eb, Alex, everyone who's going to preach tonight. I met people like Jacob who insulted me to my face and laughed at me when I first met him. And then we've been best of friends ever since. And, you know, like sometimes that's how it goes. And, uh, you know, he's brought so much joy and healing into my life just through the laughter. And, you know, people think we're weird, but like I love him so much. And he, he actually has brought a lot of healing to my life. And it's through those relationships. And, you know, it's not just, uh, it's not just the things I did, but it's the the mindset I had when I was in church, I was leaning in, I, I was pursuing what it was. And I've been blessed externally, I won't go into that, but I've been blessed so many times internally with peace, joy, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, like you name it. My life has just flourished and I'm so glad I'm in this house. So basically I wanna challenge you guys today. I wanna see what you guys can commit to on a Sunday. I wanna see what you're gonna do to bring freedom into your life. Like maybe it's coming to church every Sunday Maybe it's coming twice a Sunday. Maybe it's coming three times a Sunday. Like, that's pretty heavy. Like, we interns do that for two years. <laughs> and we don't regret it, you know what I mean? Like, but maybe it's to an alpha group or a freedom course. Maybe you just commit to something and not just sit back and relax, but actually lean in and pursue what God has for you. Because I promise, like, God has more than you can ask, think, or imagine. Like, it's so good. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. It's been such an honor. Thank you. Awesome. Come on. So good. 
Can I just say, Jai's life is an inspiration to us all. And that decision he made, I reckon, is one of the keys to how he's so on fire for God. He made a decision, I will have my butt on this seat every service. And that's encouraging and inspiring. And oh man, I'm just, that was phenomenal. Talking about when you got triggered, we were at coffee the other day and he he said to me, when I first came to church, I I could hear this idiot always yelling at the preacher, saying these things. And he's like, I just hated that person. And then he's like, and then I found out it was you. (laughs) God bless you. That's so good. No, I love you, Jai. Well done. Thanks for that. Let's give it up for him again. What a great preacher. So good. Are you loving tonight? How good is this? Freedom from your past. And I know we've saved one of the best for last. They're all equally the best, but we haven't got, you know, he's going to be phenomenal. And uh, I'm so inspired by Keegan. He uh, leads our Go team passionately. He runs a pumping connect group for our young adults. And his life just breathes such a passion for people who are far from God. And this topic about people finding freedom. Uh, Why don't you stand to your feet and help me welcome Keegan Sutton. Hey church, how we doing? Grab a seat, take a seat. Awesome. Hey, I um I want to start by honoring Pastor Teresa as well. Where are you? There you are, yes. Um I just want to honor you as well because you know me and Katie were so grateful for everything that you've done in our lives. And even as what Alex said before, like for me personally, back in Brecky Club days eight years ago to where I even now, you've encouraged me from then every single year and you never put any limitations on me you always go say go for gold you can do it and so you're amazing Teresa we're grateful for you and you're such a blessing to this church awesome hey I'm going to get straight into it we're going to read a story from Luke 7 verse 36 and it says a Jewish religious leader named Simon asked Jesus to his home for dinner Jesus accepted the invitation when he went to Simon's house He took place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman in the streets, known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house, she took an exquisite exquisite? (laughs) flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the religious leader and knelt at the feet of Jesus right in front of all the guests. Now, I just want you to imagine this for a second. You invite Jesus over for dinner, and right before you're about to eat, some lady walks into the house. You didn't even invite her. And you're like, who is this lady? Not only that, be like, oh, that's the prostitute that hangs around the streets. Now, a few things are happening here. Uh, she, she must have known that Jesus was going to be there. And she just decided, you know what? Jesus is going to be there. And I want in. I want to be where he is. And now she, she might have heard about like the amazing miracles that he was doing. Or maybe he just knew that this man might be able to give her freedom from her past. And it says in verse 38, broken and weeping, she covered his feet with tears that fell from her face. She kept crying, drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened her flask, anointed his feet with her costly perfume as an act of worship. Now, when Simon, the religious leader, saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. For if he really knew what sort of a sinful woman is touching him, he wouldn't allow it. AKA, he was pretty much thinking like, hey, Jesus, don't get too close to this woman. You know, she gets around a bit. Or, hey, Jesus, you know, like this woman, you know, if only you knew what she's done, she's kind of disqualified. She's not even, she wasn't even invited. What is she even doing here? But Jesus actually didn't 
didn't reject her. He accepted her, which is such a powerful thing. Jesus will always accept you. He will never reject you. And in that moment, Jesus actually said to Simon, Simon, I want to say something to you. And and he said, go ahead, say it. And and you can read more about the story later, but pretty much that's even a major key right there. Jesus is always willing to speak to us. We just have to give him permission to speak to us. Now, this woman, she poured out all this expensive perfume all over Jesus and everyone was looking at her, judging her, but she was in in an act of worship. And the funny thing is, is in that whole, that out of that whole night, there was literally only one person that left that dinner that night smelling like Jesus, and it was the woman at his feet. And I, I want to say to somebody here tonight, you might feel like the least in this room, but you could actually leave this place loving Jesus the most. Like that lady, she didn't feel like she belonged. She didn't feel like she was meant to be here, but she left uh, that night smelling like Jesus. Uh, just the other night, um, I was in the kitchen with my wife, and we were cooking dinner, and uh, we were cooking pasta, and uh, she goes, oh, can you, like, open up this jar for me? You know how they do that, because, you know, they need, pretty much they need somebody stronger to, you know, let out what's on the inside. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So pretty much she gives me the jar of pasta sauce, and I don't know if I was, like, just real tired or what it was, or if, like, anyway, so I've got this pasta sauce, and I'm, like, trying to do it, and it's like I'm using all my effort, and it's just not working, and I, I got defeated, and I don't know if I was really giving it my all, but anyway, she goes, oh, wait, give me, give me it. My dad taught me this trick, and she went over to the sink, and she actually turned on the warm water, and she put the jar under the warm water, and after that, she actually was able to take off the lid and let out what was on the inside. So the question here tonight is, Like, how do you find freedom from your past and healing from your past? And I want to say you come to the one who is freedom. You come to the one who is healing, and his name is Jesus. It might be starting a quiet time. It might be after the service coming down the front and getting prayer for something. It might be whatever these guys before me have mentioned as well. We can apply it to our lives. And just like Katie said, my dad taught me this trick. Uh, Our Father in Heaven has given us a trick as well, and it's come to His Son, get in His presence, and then all that stuff that's on the inside, we can release it to Him. See, we need to come to Jesus, and we need to give Him everything. We need to give Him our whole lives, all our sin, all our hurt, all our shame, but all our dreams, all our triumphs, everything, our whole lives, it has to go to Jesus. Now, the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I know one moment in the presence of God can actually change everything for you. You can receive freedom from your past. I remember one time here, the early days coming to church, I came down the front and it was um, to receive prayer for sexual sin. And I remember I got prayer and I went back to my seat and my family was there and I was just like crying. And I was just like, I don't even know why I'm crying. Like, this is like, I don't know what's just happening. And I was receiving freedom and healing in that moment. I didn't feel sad. I just felt like, wow, this stuff inside of me is getting out. I'm getting freedom. And that can happen for you tonight as well. And so I want to say, uh, someone here as well, if you're a Christian, uh, you need to know that you don't necessarily need to feel forgiven to be forgiven as well. If Jesus, if you've invited Jesus into your life, the Bible says that you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. See, Jesus will always show up in, a, in uh, where he's invited. And maybe tonight we need to ask ourselves that question, Jesus, where in my life do I need to invite you into? What area of my life have I not given to you? It goes on in verse 48, and it says, Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, All your sins are forgiven. And all the dinner guests said among, among themselves, Like, who is this who can even forgive sins? Do you know the crazy thing is, is 
Jesus was literally right there in the room with them and they didn't even realize it. They didn't even know that they had the Messiah sitting right in front of their very eyes. How much more do we need to realize that Jesus is in this room right now and how much he's here to, to take all our hurt, to take all our junk and we just have to come to him and give it to him. Crazy thought. It goes on in verse 50 says, and Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. And I want to say, like, once you receive freedom, people, like, don't look back. Receiving freedom is one thing, but maintaining that freedom, it's another thing, which is why things like Encounter Day, Powerhouse, Church, Groups, it's all very, very important. I, um, I had a friend come to me one time, and he said, I'm struggling with this, with this thing, and I want you to be my accountability partner. And he goes, can I text you when I feel like I'm about to do this? And I said, okay, like, I just want to ask you one question. Like, what's your walk with God like? How's your prayer time? How's that going with you? And he goes, oh, it's like pretty non-existent. I was like, okay, I don't actually want you to be accountable to me right before you feel like you're about to sin or make the wrong decision. I actually want you to be accountable to me uh, after you've had your quiet time because I want to say to somebody here tonight as well, if you can receive victory in the secret place, you, won't, you will break away from the things that hold you back. You won't need to feel or text somebody that you're like going to go out and sin or whatever it is, Lord. If you can, the breakthrough is in the secret place. It's when we come to Jesus if I could get the keys player up. Uh, see, before I knew God, uh, I, I was growing up, I lived a very normal life. I had a family that loved me and I was your normal guy. And I used to go to church as a very young kid. And then my family, we just moved location and I just stopped going. And uh, I, I was pretty influenced by the people that I was hanging with and the music that I found myself listening to. Very similar to Jai and Alex's story. And myself, I got heavily into drugs. I was hooked on pot. I spent years and years smoking it, chasing it. I would wake up and get stoned. I would uh, get high all through the day and then get stoned to get to sleep. And I was doing it all. I was into pot, speed and ecstasy, acid, mushrooms, whatever I could get my hands on to try and fill that hole that was on the inside. And I would smoke weed with my friends. I was getting tattooed as early as 16 years old. The thing is, though, guys, is like I hated my life. I felt so confused. I was so full of hate and anger. I wanted to end my life on numerous occasions. I would cut myself all over my arms and my legs. I'd find myself standing at the edge of Moffat Headland, and I just wanted to end it. But I couldn't bring myself to do it because I knew how much that would hurt my family. And uh, nothing that I was trying was bringing me fulfillment, nothing. I always felt that there was something missing, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I was never satisfied, and the hole was just getting deeper and deeper. I got to the lowest point ever, and I didn't know what to do anymore. And then a friend actually invited me to, to this church. And uh, I heard, I came in on a night literally like tonight, and I heard that Jesus died for my sin. I heard that it wasn't about religion, but it was about a life-transforming relationship with God. And on, a and on a night like tonight, there was a moment where I had the opportunity to give my life to Jesus and to start a relationship with him, and I did. I invited Jesus into my life that night, and I hit the reset button. I felt like I, just, I was forgiven of everything that I had done wrong. I felt like a brand new adventure was just about to begin. I was so done with my old life. I needed Jesus. Now, since that night, like my life has been completely different. I'm so like 
I'm free now compared to where I was, trust me. Uh, the peace I have now is beyond anything that you would be able to comprehend. And um, if we could just all close our eyes right now, I want us to take a moment. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't have a relationship with God. And, you know, I'd like to give you that same opportunity that I had all those years ago. It'd be my honor to introduce you to him. He's so amazing. And what I'm going to do is, in a moment, I'm going to ask us all, uh, if that's you, to raise your hand. And what will happen, I'll say, I see your hand, and then you can put it straight back down, and then we'll include you in a prayer. Maybe you're here, and if you're honest with yourself, you know you're not in right relationship with God, and tonight you just want to reconnect with Him and start afresh. Or maybe you're here, and you're just not sure that if you were to pass, that you would go to heaven. See, you don't get to heaven by being a good person. You get to heaven by putting your faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. See, God knew you before you were born, and he loves you so much that he wants you to have a relationship with him. The thing is, though, all of us were born with this thing called sin in our world, and without even realizing it, we turn our back on God and live life our own way. But the Bible says sin will ultimately lead to death. But tonight, there is good news. About 2019 years ago, Jesus came to earth. He lived the perfect life. He decided to take all our pain, all our shame that we deserve on himself, and he died on the cross for you and me. Then three days later, he rose from the grave in victory. He conquered death and sin and now has given us the free gift of eternal life. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So tonight, if that's you, if you're one of those three people that I mentioned, you want to start a relationship with God, you're coming back to God, or you're just not sure if you're going to heaven, would you be really brave right now and just lift up your hand and say, yes, Keegan, that's me. Thank you. I see that hand. If that's you as well, just lift it up so I can see it. And I'll say, I see that hand. And then you can put it straight back down. You have nothing to lose in this moment. You have everything to gain. So if that's you and you want to start a relationship with God, or you know you're not in right relationship with God and you want to reconnect with Him tonight, or if you're just unsure that you're going to go, if you're going to go to heaven or not, if that's you, I want you to lift up your hand and I'll say, I see that hand and we'll include you in this prayer. You might feel like that I'm talking straight to you. You might feel like your heart's beating. You might feel like this is a decision that you really need to make. The thing is, though God will talk to your heart, he won't talk to your head. And right now, it takes a bit of courage. It takes a bit of bravery to lift up your hand and invite Jesus into your life. But trust me, you will not regret it. Your life will never be the same. So if that's you tonight and you're one of those three people, you want to start a relationship with God or you want to reconnect with God and start afresh with Him or you're just not sure if you're going to go to heaven, would you be brave and lift up your hand and say, Keegan, I'm one of those people. I want you to include me in that prayer. Awesome. I don't want to rush this moment. I feel like this this is a very important moment. God might be speaking to somebody here who's been struggling, who's been going through some stuff, and tonight you want to get free from that stuff. The first step would be to invite Jesus into your life if you haven't done that. And if that's you, would you lift up your hand and say, yes, Keegan, I want Jesus in my life. I want to receive freedom from all that stuff. I want to start a relationship with him. I want to, I want to move towards the destiny that God has for me. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be held back anymore. If that's you, awesome, we're all good. So 
We can open up our eyes, guys. There was one person that lifted up their hand, and I'm not going to make us come down the front or anything like that, but we're all going to say a prayer together. And even if you didn't feel like, even if you didn't put your hand up in the air and you actually want to make that decision, uh, say this prayer with us as well. Say it to God, and then go grab a leader or somebody and say, like, I wanted to uh, put my hand up in that moment so we can help you in your walk with God. So let's all repeat this after me. Say, Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me and my sin. I'm sorry. I turn to you to follow you, to live your way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you that today I'm set free, born again, and going to heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. Awesome. Can we give that one person a clap, guys, and give Jesus a hand? Awesome, Ebony.